today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. This is a tough time for uh, small businesses, of course, uh, because of some of the restrictions that are being put in place as we head towards the second wave of COVID-19. But it's also a difficult time for medical officers of health, too, who have to make some very difficult decisions, uh, and by extension, the politicians that they work with, too, about what's happening. But this is all about protecting the community. Uh, and matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, Premier Doug Ford even said that he's very frustrated and, and very concerned about the impacts. You know, I, I feel bad for all the, the gyms, but I really f- feel terrible about the smaller gyms that have followed protocols and have done everything they possibly can to uh, make sure that they have a safe and environment. Notwithstanding that uh, that frustration, of course, uh, we have to do what's best for the community, and that's why a number of communities are rethinking this, uh, including, of course, uh, what's going on in uh, London, Middlesex right now. Uh, the medical officer of health there, Dr. Christopher Mackey, has put some uh, different restrictions in place uh, that's are good, that are having an impact on things like indoor sports, recreation facilities, bars, restaurants, and personal services and hair salons. Uh, Dr. Chris Mackey joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, explain what the rationale was and exactly uh, why we're doing this. So, Dr. Thank you so much for the time during a very busy day. I'm glad you could jump in with us for a few minutes. Thanks for having me, Bill. Is, is it fair to say, Doctor, that this is a, 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 a preemptive measure as opposed to a reactive measure because of some of the things that are going on in other spots? I know you've got an increase there, too, but uh, we've had some, some pretty dramatic increases in other areas, too. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, this is in part a reaction to seeing what is happening in the real world in neighboring communities. Uh, you know, the, the outbreak that's, uh, that happened at Spinco and Hamilton was a, a huge factor here. Uh, we do not want to sit around and wait until we have, you know, uh, an outbreak that's, that's got uh, dozens and dozens of people, potentially hundreds of people affected uh, before we take actions that are, that are going to help make our community safer. Well, it's, yeah, it's much more difficult to control things if the horse is already out of the barn, isn't it? It is. And the, the other thing that this has really uncovered is that uh, there was a lot of lack of awareness in the sporting community about the regulations that are already in place under stage three across Ontario. So, you know, many soccer and hockey uh, parents reaching out now saying this is going to ruin hockey or soccer. Well, actually, the rules already state across the entire province right now that uh, you can't run team sports uh, and you can't play games if there's going to be unless there's going to be you know physical distancing maintained and no contact whatsoever Uh, I'm not sure how you play hockey with those sorts of regulations in place but it looks like many leagues were planning to do that including you know um, seniors leagues uh, that, that have very vulnerable people involved. Well, I mean, to that point, there's a picture in the in the, the free press this week about uh, some kids playing at the Western Fair Sports Centre in London. That's a hockey game that's going on. That's not just a practice uh, at one end of the ice. And uh, there's no social distancing going on. And and I, I I agree with you. I mean, we've heard these stories anecdotally about other places. I don't know if you heard the story this morning, Doctor, but there's a, a an alert just went up from the Hamilton uh, Medical Officer of Health here about an event apparently that happened at a recreation centre in Ancaster, and they're telling everybody who attended just on Saturday self isolate right now and and report to them. I don't know just how dramatic it is, but it sounds as if they're concerned about a super spreader once again. It's it's uh, disappointing that you're still having those sorts of activities. People should know by now that if you're going to bring people together indoors, uh, you've got to limit the numbers. You have to keep people apart and, and create, you know, environments and choose venues where people can keep their distance. 
And, you know, I know a lot of people are doing that. And I know that a lot of people have taken the, uh, the current pandemic very seriously and adjusted their behavior and their family's kind of culture. Uh, but clearly it's not getting to everyone at this point. Well, you brought the Spinco example up, and, and I think that, that bears a little more scrutiny here uh, because that actually made international news because of uh, the, the veracity with which the, the virus spread as a result. And we all heard about this in, in phase one, didn't we, Doctor? That, well, yeah, you got to be careful because you may be asymptomatic and yeah, there could be some spreads. So you have to have contact tracing, et cetera. But this just exploded exponentially uh, from just a few people that were in a cycling class to, to you know, astronomical numbers. And I think it's a, a lesson learned here about how quickly this can spread. It, it was a real eye-opener. And it points out those, those you know, Spinco, Spinco was doing everything right. They were following all the existing rules. The, the problem was that there's a gap in those rules where, you know, a two-meter distance is considered adequate under most circumstances, and it is. But when you have a large number of people that are, you know, breathing heavily because of their aerobic activity, that can spread the virus much more easily than, you know, mild uh, conversations can. So when, you, when you've got people huffing and puffing, that potentially spreads the virus much further and in much larger quantities, you can infect a lot more people. And, you know, I really feel for Spinco because they really were, you know, one of the good guys. Most, most, of them, most uh, facilities are operating really safely, and they were, they were quite careful there. The problem was that there's this, you know, it's not just that, um, you know, two meters was in place, but there weren't masks, of course, because you're doing aerobic activity. Uh, and and when you are exhaling that much, you're putting a lot more virus out there. Did we get lulled into a false sense of security about returning to sports because of what we saw on TV with the NHL and with the NBA? Uh, you know, they're close contact and there were no cases at all and there was no spread or anything else. Uh, so, why, hey, if they can do that, why can't we? The, the big difference, of course, is that they were all isolated. Uh, uh, you know, the kids that are playing minor sports in London and, and other areas are not isolated. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that in, a, in an isolated population, you don't see spread. This is really, they're, they're living in, you know, literally a different world from a public health and infectious disease perspective. We have seen uh, across Canada and the U.S. many, many, many cases of super spreaders associated with uh, hockey in particular. Uh, Ottawa is investigating 14 different potential outbreaks right now in hockey and uh, football uh, the U.S. Center for Disease Control just issued a warning last week about the risks associated with hockey. Uh, and it's not even just on the ice. It's actually, you know, I'm more concerned about on the bench when uh, people have come from a big shift and now they're sitting shoulder to shoulder. Okay, fair enough, they've got shoulder pads, but those shoulder pads aren't two meters wide. And they're huffing and puffing like right in each other's breathing spaces. So that's where I think a lot of this, this, the hockey spread is likely happening. And, and it, it, with other sports as well, because I know that this is all-encompassing. And it also goes back to uh, to restaurants. Uh, I, I know you were specific about that, uh, Doctor, when you started talking about some of these new restrictions, uh, which I, I, to a certain extent, as I read these over, it seems to be almost a, a reinforcement of the stuff that they probably should have been doing anyway. And, you know, again, in many cases, restaurants already were doing this sort of thing. Uh, we did have a number of conversations with the restaurant industry, and, of course, they worry when they hear about new restrictions. But when they looked at you know, how carefully these restrictions were being designed to allow businesses to continue to operate. The, the only really major change in restaurants is that 
we're reducing table sizes here from 10 to 6. And t the 10 table size really was a problem because it said to people, you know, gather in large groups. Don't worry. You know, uh, very few people have families that need more than six to seat at a table. Uh, and so the message that you could have a table of up to 10 was kind of the message that you should be gathering with people outside of your household, which is definitely not the case right now. I know, as I say, it's problematic, especially for kids' sports. I mean, you know, we all played hockey, I'm sure, when we were younger, and I know I, my my son did too, and we just it, – it's awfully frustrating to see this is going on, but I guess we have to remind ourselves that this is this is not business as usual, that this is a, a dangerous thing that we're dealing with here. And, uh, and if we don't take precautions, well, we've seen already some spikes in, all over North America for people that just thought, well, the worst is over. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to be able to – uh, make some kind of uh, exemption for our, you know, country's favorite sport. Uh, but unfortunately, we're seeing those risks uh, being proven over and over again uh, that this this is a, an environment that can spread the illness. So our our job is to take reasonable measures to try and reduce that spread uh, while trying to maintain the main activities of society, and that's what we think we've done here. Well, and, you know, you work hand-in-hand, hand, obviously, with the political arm here because they're the ones that are going to be responsible for our, the, the, the people that are going to be negatively impacted by this. And both the federal and provincial governments uh, are, are endeavoring, I guess, to step up for support programs and things of this nature. Uh, that's not your wheelhouse. Your, your wheelhouse is public health and public safety. And, you know, if the numbers continue to go up, I mean, this thing gets out of hand. Uh, well, I don't want to think of what the consequences could be. But the ominous warning that we hear, Doctor, is, again, from Dr. Tam on this side of the the border and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Redfield on the other side and uh, the American side is they're saying the next three months could be the worst we've ever had if we don't get smart about this. And that's the thing, you know, now is the time to take the preventative measures so that things really don't spiral out of control. You're already seeing, you know, hospitals and infection, infection, uh, sorry, ICUs, intensive care units across the GTA filling up. Uh, with patients having to be, you know, decanted out to other hospitals or, or other places in the province. Uh, we're on the trajectory to start exceeding the capacity of the healthcare system to support people. So now's the time where I think we need to take the actions that are going to really curb the spread. These, uh, we should remind uh, our listeners, these go into effect this weekend, right? Uh, some of them, yes, some so of them are already in effect, really. That's right. Uh, we're, our new restrictions that affect London and Middlesex are uh, coming into force uh, just after midnight on Friday, so it's kind of 12, 12 a.m. Saturday morning. And I know that uh, Mayor Holder's already weighed in on this and said, like, it's the right thing to do. I know it's going to be problematic, and I think that's the feeling of most people uh, on council these days, too. Uh, doctor, I know it's been a busy time for you. Thank you so much for taking some time. It was great talking with you again today. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Dr. Chris Mackey, of course, the Medical Officer of Health for Middlesex London Health Unit uh, with some new restrictions. So how does this impact business? Because that has to be part of this conversation. And we talked uh, with the folks at Spinco over the last couple of days. We've been talking with them. And, and as Dr. Mackey said, you, you got to feel for them because they did everything that they were supposed to do. They were playing by the rules. But nonetheless, there's going to be an impact, and there is an impact on a number of small businesses. Uh, I want to bring uh, Courtney Grafton into the conversation from Lost Cycle Spin Studio in London. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Really appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me. So let me ask you something on a, a personal and professional level. When you heard the story of Spinco in Hamilton a couple of days ago, did you get this feeling, oh, my God, they're going to start coming after all of us now? Um, I did. I think, I think most gyms probably 
tensed up a bit reading about what happened at Spinco, and I feel for them, I really do, because what happened to them is, you know, a fear of most gym owners right now. So it was extremely shocking and devastating to hear, but it was to be expected that this could impact us as well. And not just the spin classes. I mean, I immediately heard from small gym owners uh, from all over the place saying, "Oh, you know, we just got back in business. We're just trying to get back on our feet, and now this comes in." Uh, and I, I know, guys, you're all cognizant of, of why they're doing this and why the restrictions are in place. We're all aware of how serious the, the virus and the pandemic can be. Uh, but boy, it's it's got to be tough when you you figure you're just getting back up and you get knocked down again. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing, and you know the. This sort of feeling amongst the fitness community has been that we haven't really been considered as much of a factor and that, you know, we're being told to sanitize and stay away from people, but we're not hearing enough of how we can keep ourselves healthy and safe. And I truly believe that part of doing that is keeping our bodies active and moving and to take that away just seems like a step backwards to me. Well, and I know, and I've talked to Dr. Mackey about this uh, and, and Dr. Richardson and Hamilton, medical officers of health, and they're saying it especially because one of the concerns that they all had uh, for people that are isolating or maybe been working at a home for the last six or eight months is mental health issues. And what's one of the mm-hmm. best ways to deal with mental health issues is physical activity. Get outside of the Absolutely. house, go and exercise, you know, get the endorphins moving again. And uh, and a lot of people were taking you up on that. I'm sure your place was full. I know Spinco certainly was full. And just about every small gym that I've talked to over the last little while says everybody came rushing back as they want to get back. They got to get back into their, their, their physical fitness routines. Uh, and so when something like this comes up, you, you got to ask yourself, and I'm sure you guys are having this discussion right now at Lost Cycle, what are we doing? What can we do now? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're saying there has to be more distance now between the, 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 the cycle, you know, if you're going to hold a class, uh, you can't yell, you're going to have to use a microphone. These are some of the recommendations that are coming out now. Uh, can you actually can you actually have a class like this with everybody wearing masks? Um, the The type of spin that we do which would be similar to Spinco. I mean, we're riding at such an intensity that, you know, you're out of breath without a mask. So yeah. the idea of putting a, a mask on people or instructors, you know, it just feels like this is their way of saying, we're not going to let you do this and kind of making it our choice, which it still isn't, you know, they're making it almost impossible for us to operate, which is essentially the same thing as shutting us down. So how do you handle this? I and mean, what are your plans going forward? I mean, right now, the biggest thing I need to find out is what are the parameters around the face masks on instructors? You know, is a plexiglass shield in front of a podium enough? Do we Can we wear visors that protect the face but don't directly cover the mouth? You know, what, what can we work with here? Are there no, you know, is there no room to grow or move with this? Because... You know, without that information, we don't know. And unfortunately, we weren't given that information. And we have booked classes all through the next few weeks. So we don't even have answers for our own clients at this point. I I would think the Shield might offer at least, you know, a compromise situation like that. It gives you a little more room. Uh, but nonetheless, they're going to get fogged up, too, simply because of the activity. And uh, like you say, if you're not out of breath, you weren't doing it right. So yeah, you know, yeah. so, so, it's going to have an impact one way or another on this. I guess it's really trial and error for you guys now, isn't it? Um, I mean, it, this entire year sort of has been 
trial and error. But I, I think the frustration that a lot of owners are feeling is that we're just not being recognized. Um, you know, it's hard for fitness owners to look at situations like Western taking over the downtown core and causing cases from bars and restaurants. And then the only thing that changed with that was making them close an hour earlier, yet a case happened, you know, an hour and a half outside of London, such as Spinco, and now they're greatly reducing us and impacting us, and it just doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, it's happening all over the place. I mean, you know, like businesses like yourselves, like Lost Cycle and Spinco and everybody, they're all being impacted by this now uh, mm-hmm. because I think the, the Spinco example, I think just it, it frightened an awful lot of people. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess the, uh, you know, let's let's be safe rather than sorry. I, I can only hope that, uh, that you know, the, some of these measures that they're putting in place right now are going to have an impact on, on new cases. And if they start to slip down again, maybe we can relax some of these things. But uh, I, I don't know if it's any consolation to you, but just know that we all feel for you. I mean, because you, you guys are doing your best, you know, you're, you're doing what you can to try to make a living and provide a service, really. I mean, this is what it's all about. You know, the reason those classes are packed is because people like doing this and they need that kind of physical activity uh, i'm hoping we can find i'm hoping we can find some middle ground on this so stay strong and uh, we'll stay you. in touch courtney thank you so much for the time today okay. it was great talking with you thank you thank you T- take care courtney grafton from lost cycle uh spin studio in london who is impacted by this as they all are and as you heard from dr Mackey, uh they understand that uh but courtney's got a good point there's got to be some kind of dialogue between people like her and and others uh do they're doing spinning or just even in smaller gyms but okay, we get that, we get what you're doing, we know why you're doing it, but let's sit down and have a conversation about how we can still carry on with our business and provide the service of physical fitness and physical activity. I don't know if we've had too many of those conversations, and I think we owe them that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.